Hello, beautiful people, and welcome to the second episode of Two Girls, One Duck. Yes. It's your girl, BD. It's your girl, Forens. Um, and I just want to say, actually, before we start, um, those who are the more sonically adept of you guys may notice a little change in the quality a little va -va of this broadcast. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, we've got some new mics, and I'm so excited. Like, yeah. More excited than I probably should be. So yeah. shout out Lloyd for the recommendations. It sounds, um, seems like we're actually in the studio, kind yeah, of, like, like, on this table. Yeah. <laughs> Other than that, we're in the living room. <laughs> so, guys, we're back at you. Um, and we're drinking. I know that last time there was some kind of conversation about drink. I don't know if there was, actually. But, yeah, we will be drinking every episode we record. So, you'll probably hear us get more and more drunk as it progresses, more giddy. Um, For the today, <laughs> today, we're drinking a sparkling Moscato. I'm not going to tell you where it's from because ain't nobody sponsoring us. So. But today, we're talking about... The Rachel Divide. It's the on Rachel. Netflix, actually. And we're kind of late because it came out in 2018. Although with the whole Rachel, the Rachel, yeah. oh, it's about Rachel Dolezal, by the way. Um, like, I'm sure everyone listening to this remembers. I remember her being outed. Like, yeah, as, yeah. Like, I remember it happening. Yeah, I 100% do. Um, but the thing is that I feel like there was a lot of conversation about her being outed, but I didn't really know a lot about her. Yeah, and so, that's what this documentary Yeah, literally, I discovered about. a lot about her and it was very insightful. And my opinions of the whole situation changed by the end. Um, oh, really? Re yeah. Okay, let's get, let's get into it. Let's get into it. But I just want to say that this is quite personal to me because people on social media keep saying that I look like her. There's a particular picture where I have braids or twists and like someone commented randomly was like, oh my gosh, do you know that you look like Rachel Dolezal? Do you know what it is? Is it Dolezal, Dolezal? It's like Dolezal. They kept saying uh, it with like a J. Yeah. Um, you don't look like her. You're just, just both light, light She's not light -skinned. Well, that's actually, that's actually very true. Look at me. <laughs> she got you. That's very true. I got got. That's actually very true. No, um, she yeah, she's her skin tone is not dark. Yes, yeah, and she has braids. Shout out to all my light skinned black women that have been told they look like Rachel Dolezal. Which is just you. Literally, we should, okay. <laughs> we should start a support group. If you've been affected by yeah, Rachel, please. The themes discussed in this show. Please. please oh, <laughs> Get off my line. <laughs> So we open up this documentary with a black and white interview with Rachel herself. Um, and she has this ridiculous, I'm just going to try and describe the best that I can. She has <laughs> this, her hair. Yeah. Her hair throughout this whole thing. Her hair throughout this whole thing. I was just like, like I could do a dissertation alone. Literally. But then I feel like her hair is kind of like, I'm trying, I can't explain it. It's like no black woman would ever have that hair. No. The kind of black woman that would have that hair like wouldn't be these are the kind of black woman who who cares much about her hair mm. she's going through a lot of effort to have this kind of hair yeah and it's like you went I mean. through all of this yeah. effort and this is the hair that you, hair you have that's yeah. why it's a bit literally exactly that's exactly the point and also the kind of black woman that has the hair wouldn't be in the position she is so it's just like no black woman would be in the position she is because they're black women <laughs> it's just like sis what is you doing so she has this like diana ross on crack wig like if diana ross like ever became like a crack addict or whatever. She just rolled around the ground Literally, exactly. Um, with like these blonde streaks in them. Um, and they're the highlights. You know, the famous highlight comes on about her talking about um, her identity 
and who she is in this black and white interview. Um, and there goes on to be a montage of different Rachel quotable so moments. So, and the thing is, is that you're watching it, like you kind of remember some of them. Exactly. Like, some of them were like, it was almost like a flashback. It was like, oh, I remember at that time. Literally. I remember, literally, I was watching stuff and I was like, oh my gosh, because obviously it had the famous one of like them asking her like, are you black? Yeah. I'm sorry, I don't know what that so means. I don't understand your question. I don't like, sis, are you black? <laughs> they were like, the guy was like, Are you African-American? And there was like a silence, which is really awkward. Awkward, literally. And then she was like, I don't, I don't understand the question. I don't understand the question. And the thing is that like, <laughs> What is there to not understand? If you're going to not, like, if you're going to say you're black and someone asks you that question, own it. Just be like, yes. Like, if you're going to be that deep into a lie, because you can't be. Yes, you believe you're lying. Like, lie with your chest. Come with your chest. Like, you can't be doing big, big pause. And then tomorrow, like, when there's an interview, you'll come with your chest and saying that you identify as black. Like, we'll get into it, but she just never owned, like, her, her own, like, thing in her interview. She didn't own her own bullshit in her interview. But I think that was early on because they kind of caught her off guard because we learn about this sort of stuff. Yeah. And, like, you kind of have, you have that interview at the beginning and then we have, like, the lead up to, to that where interview. we got there, exactly. yeah. Exactly, and I think yeah. that was one of the first... Do you know what I mean? Interview. It wasn't yeah. even an interview because he caught her. He off basically guard. ambushed her. Yeah. yeah. Well, we'll talk a bit about. Yeah. So our I think homeboy. that's why I think that's why she was kind of like moving a bit weird. Yeah. She wasn't expecting it. <clears throat> it's true. Because after that, then she kind of she came fixed with, up. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. She came with. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, we're, we're doing. We're doing. Our we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> so excited. So the cinematography now moves to an over- aerial view of Spokane, Washington. Spokane spelled Spokane. Okay. I don't like, understand why it's spelled Spokane. I spelled, it has the E at the end. I, spelled, I know, I know, but I kept spelling it Spokane. Yeah, yeah, so I know how to Yeah. <laughs> but I said that you could tell from the aerial view that it was racist. I don't... The buildings were racist. The buildings, the, the trees, were the racist. crickets. Those racist crickets were saying the N-word, okay? <laughs> I'm telling you. I could tell that this was a racially charged place, okay? Just from there. I don't know where she was from. And again, this is learning more about her because I had no clue where she was from. Yeah. I just knew that she was... From American. America. African-American. African-American. <laughs> slave from Africa. Africa <laughs> so she says. Um, so then we see Rachel twisting braids and ironing them. I have in my notes, <laughs> then ironing them. What the <laughs> fuck is going on? <laughs> Literally, this is how you know she's not black. It's not for you. I've never ever seen any... Have you ever seen anyone iron braids? You do that. I haven't. I haven't actually seen anyone. I'm not, like, I wouldn't be surprised if it, if it were a thing, but I've not ever seen the need to do, I've never seen. To do that. But what but is that? What challenge you, you would get? The hair you would get is already the kind of texture that she's trying to make it, no? So, but it's even like, what are you trying to achieve by ironing expression braids that you're going to... And like, she did this weird thing where she twisted them yeah. and put them to the side. Yeah, no, because as if like... I get what she was doing. It's okay. like when you have them like that and then you want to now add them. To what? Like if you want to like crochet them. Oh, okay. Or like do that kind of thing. Okay, because that... I kind of get what she was doing there. Mm. But the thing is, it was just so like, she's going through so much effort and one might say, okay, the dedication, maybe someone just give her a card, do you know what I mean? A little yeah. black card, let her enter. But it was just sort of like, this is just a whole lot. It's a lot. As a black woman, doing your hair, it's almost like the bane of your life. And it's like, you're coming into this to accept, like you want to be stressed. Exactly. I don't understand that. Literally. I, I literally didn't understand that whole process she was going through. And I was like, this is just how you know that she's not black. That should have told people alone that she wasn't black, but hey. They didn't see that though. They just see the finished product. The finished product should have told them. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> like here we Actually, are. I never understood why they thought she was white. No, um, I did. There were blackness. moments where I saw it. I never. I've, till today, to this day, I've not seen it. No, but do you know what, mate? Like when you go there, though, a lot of people there, like even black people, like they don't. Some of them will say they're black because they can't trace where the whiteness is from, but they look 
all kinds of like yeah but you can yeah but she doesn't look mixed she looks like a white woman like anyway we'll get into the the NAACP member who's like she looks like a white woman with yeah, a black yeah, wig on in black face. yeah that's what she looks okay. like even I, at the time I was like I saw, I saw it but then she doesn't have a white nose she doesn't but she doesn't have a black nose she has like a I'm white maybe European like or that's or not maybe, European nose no like um you know the Germans yeah like, them, them man like Hench, yeah but not black <laughs> like yeah. Miss Trunchbull type vibes Mm, I know what you mean. I she's know what you mean. It's not a black nose. So while she's twisting up this braids, our girl Rachel says, "Who's the gatekeeper for blackness? Who can protect it, define it, own it?" Black people, sis. These are the <laughs> gatekeepers of, of blackness, not your white ass. Black people. So now we meet Franklin. So can Frank- I say? You know Franklin, yeah. He actually reminds me of Franklin from My Wife and Kids. I got him. I literally wrote Franklin Aloysius Mumford. Franklin Aloysius Mumford. Like, I was like, is that you? I was sir? like, that's you, sir. That's what you've been doing all this time. Literally, I love Franklin. He, As he's learned, so over it. He's <laughs> the last scene of this whole documentary. He's I was over like, it. bro, I feel you. I, he's, he's over it. He didn't ask for this. He doesn't want to be part of he this. He said it. He's like, I don't want this mess. He's like, you wanted it. <laughs> I don't this mess. Literally, like. <laughs> Franklin, we meet Franklin, and do you know what? Franklin was. He's Rachel's son, by the way. Yeah, Franklin was the indicator to me that this documentary was filmed over quite a long period of time. Right. Because did you see his this like his physical change? I did. I'm not gonna lie, I didn't really notice that. Oh, I clocked that. I put it down so many times. Like literally, he looked like a kid when we started, and then obviously we'll get into it by the end. I do think that this thing about this documentary is that it was really, really slow paced. Mm -hmm. Like. Or not slow paced. It was kind of like slow reveals. Like there were so many things you would watch. You'd be thinking, "What is going on? Like who is that? What is that? What is that?" And then like maybe 20, 30 minutes later, it's it like, would be revealed. It's what like was they going didn't on. even explain the relationship between her and all her siblings to like. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I think they did it on purpose. It's kind of like this documentary was an hour and forty five minutes. It didn't yeah. need to be, and it could have been done in an hour. It didn't. Need to, and the honestly. thing is that like Netflix, like come on, like you know how people feel about Rachel. You know what her. We'll get into the book, but you know what her book sales are like. <laughs> Why did you think that you were going to make like a two? There was nothing here that needed to be. I mean, be... we watched it, so here we go. Under duress. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, we meet Franklin. He's mixed race. Um, and I think this is something we should kind of keep in the back of our heads that yeah. he's mixed. Yeah, he's yeah. not full black. He's yeah. mixed. Indicating yeah, he's... <laughs> that he has one Caucasian. One white parent, parent and one black parent. Just in case you guys. We'll leave it to you we'll to We'll leave it. Exactly. Which is which. Which is which. <laughs> um, <laughs> so she wakes him up and they're driving to the airport. Um... And this bit gets to me because they're talking about his summer. Okay. Do you remember? And they're yeah. talking about his summer. And basically she's like, you know, you've been really housebound. Uh, and yeah. And, yeah. And Franklin, like, he didn't say it outright, but he says literally just. Yep. I've had a crappy summer. Yeah. Although it wasn't explicit. Like, oh, it's because of you, because of you, mom. <laughs> <laughs> but Franklin very like, he really like, you know, he's a sensible level headed kid. Cause I would have thrown a tantrum. He's like resigned to the fact that this is what this it is, is his for right life. Now. And yeah. he shouldn't have to be. But this is a running theme throughout the whole thing. Yeah. 100%. This, everyone mm-hmm. in her life is affected by this. And this must be the case for like famous or more infamous people. Yeah. It's not just you that's affected. It's maybe, your family. If it's you, you're single, you live by yourself. It's then fine. Well, maybe it's just you directly. But she has kids and yeah. I never feel like her kids are her priority. But we'll get into that. I just don't think she's a very likable person. But likability doesn't stop you from being a good person. No, definitely. A parent, sorry. But as in, I, yeah, true. I don't but think she's a good in, parent. In, as, in, as the documentary goes on, it's like, I don't, I just don't like, when you like someone, you can forgive a lot of things. Mm-hmm. She's just not a likable But this person. is what I mean about like, my opinion changed yeah. of her. It wasn't for the better. <laughs> I mean, it didn't start as the better, anyway. No, do you know what? When this whole thing happened, because I 
I, I kept seeing the stuff she'd done. Yeah, like, okay. For I kept thinking, okay, like, fair enough, there's so many black people that appropriate, white people, sorry, that appropriate black culture. And do nothing, and do to, nothing help it, yeah. to help it, kind of thing. Like, <laughs> Kardashian, Kardashian. But I was like, at least she did all of these things. And we'll talk a bit about black people that actually come out and speak about the stuff she yeah, did. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I didn't mind her. I was like, oh, she's just a dumb... Like, in fact, my logic was she probably pretended to be black because she thought she couldn't come into this as a white woman and do as much work as she did. Right, right. But then that changes. Yeah, of course. So we meet another brother, Isaiah. and With a Z. With a Z. With a Z. <laughs> <laughs> Isaiah is... Um, Franklin's brother, not Rachel's, but then it's weird, but we'll get into that. This one's it doesn't make sense. This is what I mean by the slow reveal because Isaiah is blackly black, 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 yeah. Yeah. He's blackly black. Mm -hmm. And so you see his lower third is um Rachel's um son. Yeah, Yeah. his lower third is Rachel's son, they're picking him up from the airport. And so you see Franklin who is mixed race, and then you see Isaiah um, Isaiah, who is black, black, and you're thinking, Okay, cool, he's probably adopted. Literally, I have this because yeah, because you know, how else? How like, else? Genetic. Like, how sway? Literally. Yeah, like, yeah, literally. You genetically can... doesn't add up. Like, yeah, he yeah, looks exactly. full black and then yeah. his... So, like, Isaiah's just, like, a quirky kind of black guy. Yeah, like, he probably, like, wears vans and, like, literally and stretch, Literally stretches out. He does stretch out his ears, actually. I saw that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so, that's just his vibe. And he's also... I think he's very, like heightened in his intelligence yeah, I'm getting, I think yeah i'm getting the vibe he's at uni that's the so college for american listeners so um they're now at home suddenly having dinner yeah we and just follow them all the way with her cracked windshield <laughs> <laughs> and the one and one um side mirror did you not call that one's broken yeah the and i think they're cra- just emphasizing this to show that she's struggling yeah they, they definitely because they kept doing so they're shooting through the front window yeah. i don't she's do like but they keep zooming in on the crack yeah but also <laughs> there's like bare cracks and there's no way you can really look through that there isn't a crack uh <laughs> just start GoFundMe, rachel honestly i don't who know she hasn't done that but who would give to her no but didn't you see that she has supporters we talk about that later. How many supporters did you have? There was that one woman at the podcast. Okay, that one woman, please. Can you give... <laughs> You'll be surprised. Um, so they go back home and they're dr- drinking Kool-Aid and eating watermelon. Just in case you had any confusion. Well, I didn't realise that, you know. Yeah. <laughs> no, you know, the, the producers were like, hey, maybe you should, you know... Drink some Kool-Aid. And have some watermelon. You know, Fried you're black. chicken. You're black, aren't you? Fried chicken, cornbread, collard greens. Um... So, yeah, they're, they're doing all this. And then there's a gen- gender reveal. This bit really let me know that Rachel is an agent of confusion. I didn't understand. <laughs> you didn't understand gender reveal, right? It was, so, this it was is the second like, time I watched it that I was like, hey, right. Nah, hey. No, I didn't get it. Basically, she doesn't understand what things are because she is white. She thinks she's black. She did gender reveal as a girl. It was like pink and a tiara and everything. Okay, literally. So I literally was like, she gave one son a box that had like pink and a tiara. And so the he other said son, it was a girl. Okay, that, exactly. So he was like, oh, you're having a girl. This was Frankenberry. And then she gave, gave Isaiah, Isaiah a box with blue and then trainers. And then, like, they both open it. And obviously, like, Frankenberry's like, oh, you're having a girl. Then Isaiah's like, it's a boy. Then she's like, oh, it's a boy. Well, thank you for the clarification <laughs> because none of us knew what the fuck it was. Like, are you announcing twins? Are you announcing a hybrid? Yeah, are you what? Sis, and this is how you know that her whole life is just confusion. Uh, like, a gender reveal is meant to eliminate the confusion. <laughs> it's meant to be, like, very simple. I'm having... And there are only two options at Literally. this point. You're either having a girl or you're having a boy. Do you know what I mean? Literally. Or you're having one of each. Literally. And which is what her, her gender reveal would have implied. She was having one of each. Literally. She's an agent of confusion for real. That's why I said that. It's a theme that follows her throughout the whole documentary yeah. and her life. And her life. And she's pregnant, yeah. And I'm thinking, who the daddy? 
I was like, as of now, we know not who, none of who, any of her baby daddies are. Like all your, so basically, as you watch this documentary, you just have questions and questions and questions. Yeah. But the more you watch, the more they're answered. And I reckon they did that because they know we wouldn't have sat down and watched this whole thing had had we got everything in our first half an hour. It's true. So as of now, we just know she's going to be a mother of three. No clue who, and I thought she was lying about the pregnancy as well because she lies about a lot of stuff because I didn't see a bump. The way the documentary started, she was already pregnant, but yeah, we didn't know that. Yeah, but she looks, she starts to look more pregnant. She looks a bit oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, she looks, she gets by. more chubby, like, as it will, Yeah, like, yeah, like, rounded out. Yeah, as yeah. it goes by. But initially, I was like, oh, she lying. Yeah, it's true. I don't, I don't think she was lying. Like, why would she lie? I thought she was having, like, a surrogate or, like, adopting a baby, another black baby. But <laughs> <laughs> In all, Esther and her wig. Esther's lower third is um, Rachel's sister. Esther, again, is as blacky black as Isaiah. Literally. So they make sense as... That if they were siblings or aunt and nephew, technically, um, I feel I put down that Rachel and Esther must go to the same wig person. Rachel probably makes the wigs. <laughs> so apparently, this is Rachel's sister. That's why I put apparently because as at this point we don't know if anything Rachel says is true or yeah, what. So, she's... so for this bit, I saw her and I was like, I don't know if this is like my sister, like oh my sister, sister in Christ, my sis, or my sister, yeah. yeah, or like my bestie kind of thing. But yeah, we found she's out later. Esther, on what I, I clocked in the second time watching it. Esther came in with a white guy. Did she? Yeah. But I don't, I mean, I don't I mean, blame her. No, it doesn't really mean anything. No, it doesn't. I just, I just was like, yeah, she came in the white guy. But anyway, so she's telling Esther about this Facebook pregnancy announcement. And then she says, fingers crossed it doesn't become a scandal and people can be happy for us. Well, Rachel, the best way to ensure that is to not post it on Facebook. Yeah, this is really weird. Like, she, you know everyone hates you. Li- it's almost as if you like This the was ha- another the reoccurring theme yeah. that I just couldn't stand about her. It's like, she lo- like I feel like she's one of those people that feeds off of like attention, yeah. like whether it's negative or positive. Whether it's negative, because for me, if I was in such a bad position, precarious, whatever, mm-hmm. and I was having a baby, which is a very delicate time in your life, yeah, the yeah. last thing in my mind would be posting it on Facebook yeah. for people to see. But then the thing is, I understand why she would have posted it on Facebook because that's sort of supposed to be a, a safer space because it's your people, your friends. It's not like Instagram where like any Tom, Dick, and Harry can like be on there. But it's I feel like the way her your... Facebook is set up, anyone looks at it because she's yeah, always looking at the comments. Yeah, so. fair so. But yeah, so we cut to the next scene. And again, this bit kind of made me sad. So Rachel's taking her sons the to the barbers. Yeah. And they're driving up and Rachel's basically like, I'm not coming out. Like, I don't think it'll be good if I come out. Cool. And she there was this theme as well at the airport. She was like, I'm not going to come out. To get... oh, yeah, at the airport, people were like recording. Yeah, and once filming. They did, it was yeah, and, yeah. and Isaiah wasn't happy about that. Yeah. Um, but he was more from a protective standpoint, not yeah, happy. But yeah. that, again, that's another theme that changes in mm-hmm. the as we progress. So they get to, our, to the barbershop and Rachel's like, yeah, she's not coming out, which is cool. So then Frank and Mary doesn't want to come out either. He's like, I don't want to go in by myself. And then she's like, go in with Isaiah. Cool. So they go out. And then you hear the barber, who I don't want to racially profile anyone, but I think he's black. No, he's definitely black. Okay, cool. Like, he sounds like a black man. He's yeah, black, it sounds he's like, black, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he um, welcomes the boys in. He's like, ah, how you doing? Then he sees Rachel and he's like, you can't park here. No, it- we don't know this to happen. Okay, so when I first watched it, I was like, okay, this is rude, isn't it? Because he's, she's just trying to park. Like, it's not that deep. Do you know what I mean? But at the same time, there was no context there. We didn't see him see her and then come up to her and say anything. Yeah. It didn't work like that. We saw them get out of the car and then we hear audio of the man saying... Would you please move? Okay, so where do you want me to park is what I'm asking. You park anywhere you want. I just want to make sure that Franklin can find me when he comes out. Well, your son ain't lost. He just moved from out in front of my shop. Now. You can't park in front of my shop. Which could just be, don't park in front of my shop. 
like leave that space. I don't want you. Yeah. In, I don't want anyone in front of my shop. And it also could be that you're not allowed to park there. That's what I'm saying. I don't it's think true. it was a case. They, I think they tried to edit it because when I watch stuff like it's like you know when you watch reality TV. Yeah. Every time you make you think away. Love Island. Yeah, like there was no, there was no, no context. context behind and it wasn't it. like he walked up aggressively and yeah, said this. We didn't see. We don't know what he looks like. This is why I mean, it was yeah. just his voice. We see Rachel in the car, and then she's like, he, he's like, oh yeah, like move, move from out my, my shop. Like, yeah. Move from in front of my shop, as in implying don't park in front of yeah. don't, don't no stand one should here, park fam. here. Yeah, yeah, no one should park here. Yeah, we don't know. So what... I don't think it was to do with that. But then afterwards, they show her, she's all upset. She's Literally, like, oh, I was like, she does this, where is me? Like, this yeah. is stay at home. I'm okay, like, it's not about you. But I, I just think that it wasn't about her. I don't think it was personal. But why do you, I, I do think it was about her, though. You think it was about her because the documentary is about her? I think. I think it was about her because she responded to him and he responded to her. Yeah. Okay, so he was, you, talk- you think he was talking to her, yeah. He was obviously talking to her. But either but I way, think it was even- personal. I don't think he said move because she's Rachel Dolezal. But then. He I said like, move because he was like, fam. But I feel like that aggression came from somewhere. You don't From just- a black man who's angry. <laughs> I honestly, when I saw it, I was like, oh, you're trying to play us here. You're trying to play. I think it was about. To, I think it was because yeah. well, it was her. you man watch it. Let us know what you think. But um, I just think it was just <laughs> he would have said it to anyone. So after her woe is me, we finally directly hear from Franklin because all this time, like we've been hearing him talk to her, but we haven't heard him say anything to the documentary crew directly. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, he just goes on to say like, all my mom did was say that she was black, and people start losing their minds. She's done a lot for the community. People don't bother to recognize that and then he he says that he can hear her crying and that makes him really unhappy and he can't sleep at night and he was like he just wishes like all of this stuff had happened when he was older Older, yeah and that again was another moment for me where i found it really troubling because even watching it was i felt like why why not why am i but yeah why am i watching this like why am i seeing a child go through this kind of thing like Mm. it must be really difficult because this is him hearing his mum break down and stuff like that. And then he probably gets bullied at school as well about it. And he doesn't have friends. And it's your mum. It's it's your mum. And Rachel's just there like, oh, oh, And it's like, if it was me, I'd be like, you know what? Cut the cameras. Like, this is done. Like, there isn't... But she probably needs the money, actually. Yeah, fix that, it, that, I mean, that screen. The documentary is about her life. And it's about what they're going through. Yeah. So he's just expressing what he's going through. Like, I don't but think it just that's a reason to cut it cameras. Just, it just doesn't help the situation. I can't see how... Because you can... Okay, think about it now we've watched this documentary. Yeah. I didn't know there was a Franklin this whole time. I didn't know there was any Franklin mm. to think about and let alone know what this Franklin might be thinking and feeling. And now you even just said that like, you're thinking, okay, like, oh, I didn't even think about, like, it's really sad for him. And mm-hmm. that's, that's going to somehow maybe make you less rah, 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 about Rachel. Yeah, but that's us. Think about the wider society. They don't think like us. They're people who now see him as a fresh target to get to her. Yeah, it would always be that way then. Yeah. He was a target beforehand and we didn't even know yeah, about him. Yeah, it's so true, but I just... He just is, now it's just like a platform for him <clears throat> to be able to say like, ah, oh, it's peak, I don't yeah. like Yeah, I just think she should lay low and shut up, basically. Yeah, how low can you lay though? So Rachel and her braids can't get a job, understandably. Um, She's applying here and this again is just like pissing me off. So she's applying to all these black spaces, like for... Yeah, that's what she does. Like that's her role. That's what she is. She's like a black sis. Go and wait. Do tables like you can't like you. The audacity. It's not even just that. The audacity of it to have come out that you have been lying about your ethnicity, and then you think that you should. You're still warranted like access to these black spaces. Like she wants to teach African studies and racial and cultural whatever Mm -hmm. in all these like unis and stuff like that. These are very black spaces with black. Usually they have black professors and black students. 
and even if you're not a black professor, you can be a white professor, but you like the audacity of you to have come from a place where people know that you've lied and then you still think you're entitled to these spaces. Yeah. It's beyond me. Again, it's like that privilege. Like you just think every space is open to you regardless of how you present yourself. Which is, which is so dumb. Like for me, the main opinion on this whole thing is you can be a white person mm-hmm. who supports black people and knows about black culture. And be white. Like you can be white and do yeah. those things. Yeah. You don't have to. It's like you trying to be black about it makes it seem as though like, oh, white people can't do this so I have to be black so that yeah. I can do it. It's insulting. So it's just so dumb. Yeah. It's so very dumb. But yeah, she can't get a job. Yeah, <laughs> Long basically. story short. So we find out that Rachel is still doing hair. I say still. I didn't know she did hair yeah, before. Yeah, we, we found, this is when we we found, found out, out that, she, that she does hair. She said that she's lost loads of friends but she's <laughs> but not she has lost not, a client. And this again goes to like black cancel culture. We can't cancel shit for shit. Like literally, you will be bashing her on, on all sorts of platforms and social media but you're like, oh girl, I'm going to let Rachel do my hair. Why? I mean, I'm sure the people that whose hair she was doing were not the ones cancelling her you never know what the what <laughs> fake account they create to cancel her but it's just wild to me why are people still going to her to do their hair so she starts ta- talking about albert after this so we see her doing like her friend's hair or whatever or her customer they're not friends um and she starts talking about albert and there's this picture so albert is like this older gentleman there's a picture of him the black like, guy yeah military uniform he's black and um he has a white wife which i think is really key and strategic from her because she could never have called a black guy who had a black wife her father because people would have questioned like straight away or they would have assumed she just means like <laughs> oh you know father is yeah like, but she needed to validate her blackness so a white black guy with a white woman is more palatable to have a child like her yeah that do you know what i mean yeah, i yeah, thought yeah, i yeah. found that very strategic yeah. um but the thing is she kind of like backtracks and says like oh you know um like anyone can be a father, but no one can be a dad. She doesn't call him father; she calls him my dad. She says that's my yeah, dad. Yeah, but then, in, but then, two people before this whole news broke, they thought that was her biological father. Crazy. Yeah, like that's what she would call him, and on social media, even do you not remember when like the, she had the picture? Yeah, and the presenter was like to her, "Isn't this your your dad?" And she was like, "Yes, yes, that is my whatever." So she was being very elusive about yeah, exactly. Her then she would say enough things, but then she would be able to like counteract the thing, say, "Oh, well, I didn't mean it like that." Mm, exactly. So, yeah, so we introduced, and basically she just says... One of the people I lost contact with was my dad, Albert. He, like a lot of other people, didn't know everything about my past. Her father didn't know a lot about her past, which in itself doesn't, the sentence doesn't make sense. But anyways... um, Yeah, but she's saying father is in, like... Like you know, have like spiritual father. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That kind of thing. Like she's yeah. not saying like my. She's what she says. My she dad. Like my daddy, she like, say my father. Yeah. She's my dad. Like my dad. Like my yeah. dad. So. But like, I just yeah. But anyway, so basically, the the dad, the father, Albert, he doesn't really know where he stands right now, and she's he's one of the people basically that she's lost since this um whole thing has broken. So then, cut. We finally meet Jeff Humphrey. Oh come on, Jeff. Homeboy um, is the infamous reporter. Jeff from... does not care. Jeff, don't, he doesn't give two fucks. Like he barely ironed his shirt for this interview. He's like, he got up. He said, "We gonna get you today. We gonna get you today." Um, so he's the one that came at Rachel with a picture of her dad, father, and all he re- refers to her as and him as and. Um, also was the one that asked him like, "Rachel, are you black?" And mm. she was like, "I don't, I don't understand the question." So he basically just speaks about how he was introduced to Rachel. Yeah. And this was from Rachel, um, like, reporting to the police that the NAACP mailbox had received some 
hate crime. She she was saying she received hate yeah, mail from, from like, like as at the um, mailbox for the end of yeah. So it was addressed to the president, and she was the president of the Spokane whatever. Um, and then he kind and threats as well. And then he kind of he didn't believe it. He didn't believe it. Basically. He's not with it. Yeah, he's not with it. And he was like, yeah, like it just didn't make sense that. She was trying to say that the, like, was he saying neo-Nazis or whatever? Like She was saying she was getting death threats and people were leaving nooses, like, around her house mm. and stuff like that. And, like, basically he was saying that, like, it's not, not that deep, basically, was what he was saying. Mm-hmm. Which I found really problematic, but I don't need to touch on that because somebody else touches on that and yeah. then we can discuss that then. So we find out that the police were investigating this and then they deeped that it had to be an inside job. The police department had determined that whoever put this hate mail in the NAACP post office box, it was an inside job. Because the mail she received hadn't gone through the postal system. The mail, the hate mail, had never gone through the postal service for any type of processing. And one of two people had a key to that mailbox and one of them was Miss Dolezal. So it's like, Rachel, come on, like, Rach, sis. If you're gonna, like, create this whole, like, thing, okay, and this is not to discredit, like, the racism that goes on, because I know it exists and I know it happens there. And we told you from the beginning, Spokane is racist from the trees. But if you're going to create this elaborate kind of scheme, like, do it with sense. Like, you have a degree, surely you could have been a bit more- Like, try, mm-hmm. try, mm-hmm. try. So now we meet some of my faves uh, in this Kitara! Kitty! Uh, Kitty and girl. she came with her face beat to the guards. She, she had, had, wait, can I just say, yeah, she had green eyeshadow and green earrings. Yeah, yeah, literally. She was like, I did not came to come to play. Um, and we meet Latoya as well. I really like Latoya. I like I her like voice. Latoya and I, I her like voice her voice really and I like her passion. She's very passionate about what she's speaking on. Mm. Um, and they basically say- We've had NAACP presidents long before Rachel came here who were darker complected and they didn't receive that much hate mail. So how is this woman receiving this much hate mail? And it's not to say that light-skinned people don't get like hate or whatever. Like, trust me, I'm a light-skinned honey, I know. But it's just that like, especially in America, that they are seen as the more palatable form of blackness so it doesn't add up like there are women who are a lot more like darker skin yeah if the level who, of racism is as you're saying it is then why is it only, only you, you exactly exactly literally like it did it wasn't adding up um and yeah she just she just um latoya especially just went into how like this has affected their movement and what they're trying to achieve for the people the marginalized people because it discredits them yeah latoya said something and she says she created the destruction for any black woman after that because she was pulling this race card so the way she says it and what she says is just like raw like you may not think it's that deep but it's actually that deep and the the people who really really are affected by this or like care the most yeah. are these two naacp members that we speak to and it's like, it's more than just, oh, culture vulture and all that stuff. It's the damage that you're having yeah. on the perception of the black community. Literally. And almost sort of undoing all the work that and you are saying to that do, you've yeah. done. Yeah, yeah. Because tomorrow what happens when another like leader goes and actually reports, reports real kind of hate crime, they're going to discredit them because of like, like look at you lots kind of thing. And it's it's really mad. Or the even bigger thing for me is that like, you're basically trying to say you're not white. So now white people are offended that you're trying to say you're not white. And then it's like, you're trying to say that 
as a white woman, you cannot do the work that you're doing, mm. which is dangerous because white, white people can do that. If white people want to support black people, we're here for it. Then they can support them. Yeah. They don't have to be black to do it. Yeah. It's like saying, okay, I have to be black to help black people. Only black people can support black yeah, people. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't and make it, sense. And it debunks basically the whole theory of equality anyways. Kitara basically says, and I didn't want to be mean, but I was like, this looks like a white woman. In a black woman's wig. Literally. And she, that, that's what I was saying. Like, there's nobody, like, These honestly, wigs, honey. Who is it that saw Rachel Dolezal first time and thought, oh yeah, black woman? I who? did. should be ashamed of yourself. When it first came out, I was like, oh, I can see how they fell for it. But then when it came out, like, I don't know. But yes, yeah, sis, these wigs. So now we have our girl Sandra Williams. She's a journalist. Um, She's black. And she wrote a story on Rachel. And we see the headlines. And it's one side is Rachel in all her whiteness. And the other side is the black Rachel that we see now. Um, And, you know, she said something that of the story of Jeff that really bothered me. So what she says was. What bothered me, though, about the way the hate mail was handled. It was as if there was a, a need for Spokane to act like that never happens. And that bit was what bothered me about what Jeff said. Yeah, it was exactly. like the first reaction was, this never happens, so we're going to look for all ways. To, because to be honest, reporting a hate crime shouldn't result in your whole life story being exposed. Yeah. But they did that because they were looking for ways to re- like belittle what she was talking about, yeah. which in itself is problematic. I'm not saying Rachel isn't problematic, but the way in which all of this stuff came about was extremely problematic because it was used to discredit like the conversations yeah, that were being had. Yeah, it's twofold. And that's, what, that's really sad. It's twofold because the stuff with her family that they mentioned later. Yeah. And then it's the police stuff. I mean, and also the fact that she's mm. lied in the past. Yeah. But yeah, that doesn't mean, just because she may or may not have been lying it about doesn't, it, it doesn't mean that it doesn't happen and it shouldn't be addressed. Literally. And like Sean um, Vestal, another journalist that also yeah. speaks, he basically says like, yeah, there is racism in Spokane. Like they had a Martin Luther King rally and like someone tried to bomb it and he says he has received similar hate mail to rachel mm, similar right literally and he was like two things can be true at the same time like rachel could have lied but yeah. it doesn't just dis- just dis- like dispute the fact that there is racism yeah. in spokane yeah okay so now suddenly like we see franklin with a camcorder and we're not really sure what was going on but they're packing oh i didn't write anything about this <laughs> yeah go on <laughs> and then we discover that they're going on the real or she's going on the real and she's done a painting sorry before we get into the real, can I just discuss the conversation that she has? Because this happens before. She's talking to her friend, Siobhan. Oh, I didn't even discuss that. She's talking to her friend, Siobhan, yeah. And um, Siobhan, I just don't think Siobhan really cares no. about <laughs> her friend, her, her alleged friend. Like Siobhan says, Since everybody hates you anyway, then more so for you to be yourself. And Siobhan's just over it. Rachel says like, something that's very like, you know that mean girl scene where she's like, I wish we could all bake a cake and just, it's very like <laughs> kumbaya, like how can we all make peace? And the friend's like, the fuck is you talking Literally. about? Rachel's like, oh, you know, how can I fix this situation? And Siobhan's like, move to Mars. Move to Mars. Literally. And like, throw that whole friend away. I'm not going to lie. She does not care. Like she's over the bullshit. No, but she's seen feel- this enough time. She does not, she doesn't care. And if I were the friend, I would throw myself away. So Frank, Franklin Berry has like, this camera and he's recording and they're going somewhere and they're packing and we don't know where they're going and then it turns out they're going to the real and, and you know this is old because Tamar's still there yeah like, I put it down <laughs> this was like when Tamar was still there yeah and they go on it and she's wearing this deep like ginger wig with no parting I am confusion which of her wigs had partings <laughs> um so we see the interview with the real and they tore her to shreds basically um, but in a nice way, I think Lonnie is doing Lonnie. Lonnie's always extra anyway. 
Like, so she was just. But doing she asked a lot. some really inappropriate questions. Yeah, she was doing a lot. Yeah, and Tamara what, was really nice. Well, she's always nice. Too nice. And she was like, <laughs> What does being black mean to you? And then Rachel's like, You know. Blackness can be defined as philosophical, cultural, biological, and. I think you do have to kind of like walk the walk if that's how who you are. Like you know when people just put words together, yeah, and, they're, and then they're, they're not making sense. Like, yeah, you're not it's saying, like you're saying a lot, but you're not saying anything. You're saying a lot, but you're saying nothing at all. Absolutely nothing. Bro. Literally. That was and that whole interview. That whole interview, and then Tamar. That's all her interviews. Have you called? I mean, because what can yeah. she say? And then Tamar is like, "Oh, so you feel like you walk the walk of a black woman?" And Rachel responds. Absolutely. And then the audience is like, we are about to... We're going to rush you. We have to rush you now. Draw and Courtney. Literally, like, she was about to be finished barbecued. So I think we have a breakthrough moment during this interview because I think this is one of the first times that yeah. she admits... She's Bi- like... So basically, Rachel says... Right, and that's why I said I, I acknowledge I'm, yes. I was biologically born white to right. white parents. <laughs> and honestly, I think it's, str- it's a struggle to argue with this what point at this when I was watching it at this particular point mm-hmm. I was like you know what fair dudes I can't argue with her yeah. kind of thing people are born a I lot of ways how you feel. literally and yeah. they identify completely differently but then a bit later on there's a <laughs> we bet we bet <laughs> I was gone but I'm back so, so now she's back home she's she's finished the meal we don't see how she gets home we don't know what happened but she got home no, um, you want to see her flight I don't understand where you went from it was already at now 45 minutes I'm just trying to tell the people what we're seeing okay <laughs> She's back home with Isaiah. I obviously didn't come with them to the real, but Frankenberry did. Um, and it wasn't a good experience. So Isaiah's basically saying how, like, the real lured her in, promised mm. her that it was going to be, like, a safe environment. Which, that wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. Literally. And it wouldn't surprise me, but also, like, how safe also, can she's, it... she's dumb. Like, why would you... What? There's black women on that show. Like, did you not think... Even if there were happen. black women on that show, she's been torn to shreds by white women. But th- the point is, like... How safe can the environment be when you're talking about such a controversial issue? And you're the only one that has the views. That Literally, you, have. you you're the only person. It's not like they brought a panel of people with mixed. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. You are like exactly. we see her later on at a completely different event. The vibe yeah, is different yeah. because there's someone there that do you know what I mean? That relates. Yeah. So how it doesn't make sense. So basically, like Isaiah's kind of in like he, he's kind of basically saying like, listen, we did sis, you need to stop doing these interviews like that. He says it without saying it like. They yeah. keep telling like, why you, are like, you doing it, yeah, this? like, and this is what I mean. They keep telling you it's going to be this way, but it, it, it isn't. It's not. So is it that you are going to try and prove a point or explain yeah. yourself? Or is it that you just want the attention? Literally. And then she basically just says that, oh, like, even Franklin, he wanted to come out and rush people when they were getting on to Because apparently Lonnie said to her, like, oh, what is it that you like about being black, the men? And that's really offensive. Like, she shouldn't say that. I mean, her child is mixed race, so... <laughs> But she likes men. <laughs> she likes that man. <laughs> yeah, but she likes black man because she's, she's black. Like we like black love because we're black. So that's what. So if she identifies a black, she. she, she do you know what I mean? I mean, no, her, I mean, even what she said about the baby as well. So is the baby black? I don't think. I think Lonnie was out of pocket in that interview. Yeah, and I think she just out. Of, she just stays out of pocket. That's just where she lives. Yeah, but, <laughs> that's her. So home. yeah, I mean, that's that's her vibe. So you know. I don't think she was right at all. I'm not, I'm not team Lonnie. Yeah. But I'm just but not basi- team Rachel. Yeah. But basically, like, she was basically saying that Isaiah was, like, really annoyed. And, sorry. Um, Franklin. Franklin was really Of course. And Franklin's really intelligent. Like, he's, he's not some so, little kid not that like doesn't get it. Yeah. Like, I was so dumb at that age. He's really intelligent. I wasn't dumb. Actually, we don't know what age he was. But I'm guessing yeah, he was, like, like, 13. Okay. Yeah, 14. I was dumb. Yeah. I wouldn't have had the emotional intelligence he had. I definitely would have. No, you don't. You don't even have it now. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> basically like she's saying like franklin didn't want to go to school and she's like laughing it off and it's like this is not a joking matter like what about here is but like what can she do 
Because all of this is her fault. Yeah. And it's not going to change. So the only way that this will change is if she denounces her blackness, which she refuses to do. <laughs> <laughs> So next we get this collage of like news clips, yeah? yeah? And they're basically sort of talking about like transgender, transracial, but like basically identity and how yeah. people identify. And how it's changed. And how it's changed and continues to change. And then someone says, Race in this country is constructed based on a complex and interwoven set of factors. It's not a hairstyle. It's not an affinity for a music. And then we kind of start talking about Caitlyn Jenner. So they kind of like, I think it's kind of smart to do this. Mm. They compare... Um, smart the, but problematic for yes exactly but I, under, I, I agree I got, and I understand the... and it's because there was no answer that it was problematic mm-hmm, do you know what mm-hmm. I mean so um, one guy is saying quite eloquently actually yeah he's saying so Caitlyn um, Jenner was born a man and then she saw herself as a woman and she's now a woman and we all accept her as mm-hmm. a woman Rachel was born white she sees herself as black she now identifies as black and black people have a problem with that yeah so that's where the buck ends yeah but there are women so, that have a problem with Caitlyn Jenner yeah, true. Because when I think about, like, people say, okay, the struggle is what makes you black. There's struggles you go through as a woman. Yeah, like, exactly. Caitlin has her whole life with white privilege of a male. Yeah. And then... Without my privilege. Yeah. So it is true. And then someone... So I think it was this clip where this woman said this thing and this exact... She was like... She was talking about tra- being trans and she was like, my transness is, mm. like, how I feel. Her blackness is performative. And this theme yeah. comes up again because it's like, in your head, you have an idea. Because you're not black, you have in your head an idea you have of to what. Be black. Literally. Here's my checklist. Exactly. Tick, 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 tick. And you. Yeah. 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 So yeah. It's, this is when I started to sway back to, yeah, fuck Rachel. Yeah. I mean, I was never fuck Rachel, but I was just kind of like, yeah, fuck no, this. Fuck because. But you know what? It's so. It's not just Rachel, what she did. It's like her whole being. But this, this is what I was saying earlier. Like, she's not a likable person. Yeah. Like, she's not a nice person. Like, even if she was white and she was like, oh, I'm a white woman, I love being white, 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 white. Yeah. You still wouldn't like her because she just. I don't know. She's just a bit off. And you know, when you hear about the family, like, you kind of get it, but still, she's just. She's a loopy. Bit, yeah. So now we find out that Rachel's writing a book um, <laughs> for the freedom of her and her kids. Harriet Tubman. Um, like, says, so just lay low. It's, this is what I was trying to say to you. It's like, every second when this thing seems like it's dying down, she's like, ooh, let me do something else. And then people start talking about me. Like, just, and none of this thing is making money. She has lived, her, her screen has not been fixed, by the way. She still has the same cracked, like, car screen. Like, so this. It's true, especially if this was filmed over a period of time. Yeah. They could have been, like, given her payments, like, small, small. Yeah, maybe. Um. So then now we finally get some answers to questions we have because we start to see stuff about her childhood so her parents are ruth ann and lawrence and they look like extremist cult members they look like a cross between they have have a confederate flag in their garden i didn't see it no they don't have one well Uh, maybe they do i don't know but they look they look like the type yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. but they seem like they'd be a cross between like in the 70s you know like the charles manson family meets like the jim jones jonestown church people like it's that kind of vibe like a crossover extremist white yeah it's weird um, just looking at them, you can see her childhood would be troubled. She goes on to say how her mum had really, really, a really, really difficult childbirth and it mm. kind of made her the marked one, like Cain or something. Like her brother, that her, who's older than her, yeah. it was textbook, they didn't need a midwife, everything was great. Yeah. And then when it came to her, it was really difficult yeah. and her mum nearly died and so she was and like... And then the, like the, the midwife was Jesus. Yes. <laughs> it's literally on her birth certificate. I didn't know that on your birth certificate you have to put the midwife who attended. I've never and seen so the they birth put, certificate. They put Jesus Christ. Yeah, they put Jesus, Jesus, Jesus Christ! Jesus Christ! <laughs> Jesus is upstairs like, hmm, I was busy that day. He said, I had no parts. I have no parts. I was at lunch that day. Jesus said, who? Who? Anna, who? 
Um, I don't know who this man is. Sorry to that man. <laughs> but yeah, she just goes on about her childhood. It was the ghetto. Ta, 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 ta. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly, out of nowhere, her parents say they were moved by the spirit and they're adopting all these black babies. Okay, Brangelina. Like, there's suddenly the family pictures go from two like white parents and two white kids like all these black babies so it was ezra isaiah and esther no wait no no wait no rachel yeah we'll get into ezra (laughs) rachel says it became evident that white babies were going to take longer and also be more expensive so as a result they they adopted the black kids that's why they adopted the black kids i know but like it's like the expensive bit was questionable to me because are they paying for the kids or is it the expense in adoption i was like I was confused because I was like, I'm, I am confused. <laughs> do you have to give them money for the baby? Well, and I was like, if I'm God is saying to you, like, adopt, is it by force? Is God saying, adopt now? Like, you must adopt this second. Or like, it did, like, literally didn't make sense. So Esther pops back in again. Oh, yes. Yeah, so Same that that's So the, the Esther and Isaiah yeah, I said were that. the two black kids. Yeah, so they ado- yeah, so again, like, if they, they haven't explained the, how Isaiah is her brother's son, but. <laughs> We now know that he's her brother's son. We haven't had an explanation, but this is what's happening. We're going with it. Um, so Esther, Isaiah, and then Ezra. But there's, Ezra a, there's another black. There's another one. There's another black one, but, but we didn't never meet that, him. He wants no parts. He's like, sorry yeah, to this family. Yeah, we don't meet him. Literally. But Ezra isn't black. He's mixed. Is he mixed? He looks kind of Jewish. No, he's, Ezra's black. Is he's he? mixed, yeah. Is he? Yeah. Go back and watch. He's mixed. He's mixed. But he's probably half Jewish, but he's mixed. He looks Jewish. But he has, I think he has like a disability or something. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. so too. But is he, is he, he's black. He's got black in him. He's black. He's black. He doesn't look like it. He, he go back and watch, he is. Well, you also thought Rachel looked black, so I don't believe you. <laughs> he's probably like blonde, blue eyes, and I'm like, he's black. <laughs> yeah, Ezra's a snake, man. Yeah, Ezra's a big snake. You can see the parents got him. They got that one. Yeah. Like, they, they've molded him I into what they really all went through some shit they and, and more and than they even tell it just really it really he did. internalized it yeah. and he probably gravitates towards him like you know when you like it's like the stockholm, stockholm syndrome, syndrome. Yeah. yeah um so he's a snake you know the esther bit where esther's like they tried esther says um they just tried to raise us to be white we were just white people with skin conditions there was no pride in being black like there was zero cultural understanding they were just like these white kids but their their skin was different and i can't imagine like because they were obviously like treated differently you obviously know that you're black but you may not because no, you, you don't know, know what blackness okay. is if you're you know not that you're different to. this is why with the whole rachel thing i didn't want to like hate on her too much because part of why she started this whole is a I'm disassociation so black, well there's a disassociation with her white parents because they're trash mm. but then also there's the i want to learn about this blackness yeah. because my siblings are black and they're not being exposed Literally. to that culture do you see what i mean which yeah. is fine there's nothing wrong with that but then you don't have to be black to do those things yeah it's like everything that she's trying to do is kind of like okay cool like that's okay it's like she, it's weird it's but you like, don't have to now morph into, into yeah. a black woman it's to do these things it's like it's all from good a good place but it's just the execution yeah, the is were, the so were good but she just, she just then, she fucked it <laughs> Uh, I don't know. And we start to see like these pictures of Rachel from her childhood where she's like milky skin, blonde, like blonde, hair, the blue eyes. She literally could have played Mary over and over again in the nativity. Like she is the image yeah. of what they had Mary as. So you really start to wonder how she got to where she is today. So we learn from Isaiah, Esther and Rachel that their parents were physically and mentally abusive. They were getting beaten and there was like a baboo, bamboo whip in South Africa. And Esther literally physically has scars. Yeah, we see them. We see them. And then Rachel basically tells us as well that um, on his back, Isaiah has like whip marks. Do you know when Isaiah says, Where are you, Nathan? 
It is the one job of a parent to give your child a childhood they don't have to recover from. And if they have to, then you done messed up. And that's something I- That for me sums up parenting to a T. Yeah. You should not bring a child into this world unless you know you're in a position to give them a childhood where they have no scars. I think not everything is under your control, yeah. right? But once a child is here, you do your best to ensure mm -hmm. that they don't have to recover from, from the life the, that you gave, gave them. Gave them literally. Do you because know what I mean? things were, like, shit happens. Different. There's yeah. being poor and not being able to buy Nikes, yeah? And, there's and then there's being like, poor and being beaten up and whatever. Literally. And the thing with Isaiah is I think it's so much deeper than we're hearing here. Like, it's deeper than rap. You can tell that not, he literally bottles it. Yeah, so I feel like he, he has, he's, yeah. Because the way that it is as well it's almost as if like the producers wouldn't even ask him anything yeah. else because they just would feel like he just wouldn't respond and again it was such an intimate moment as well i kind of didn't even want to watch it because it was like like you could see the pain in his yeah. eyes and i wish it was like I so much was being said and he without say anything yeah and i yeah. wish i hadn't have been there to see that because yeah like i didn't really deserve I didn't, to yeah, literally yeah, i didn't yeah, deserve yeah, yeah. to like it was, see it was really like sad finally like rachel explains how Isaiah is her brother's son because she took custody of him. Yeah, yeah, she adopted him. After all that happened. Um, yeah. And then again, you see this moment where you're like, rah, Rachel, like, it's a big thing to do, kind of then, to just take on a kid. And she already had a kid herself. And I think, judging from what she says later on, she had gone through a divorce, was going through one. So, yeah, 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 yeah. She took this boy on all by herself and raised him. And that's no easy thing to do. Yeah, exactly. So, kudos. Like, she's not, I don't think she's a bad person. I just think she does dumb things. Yeah. And I think this is the moment in the documentary where we see why she's disassociated herself from her whiteness. Yeah, it kind of like, makes you think, okay, I'm not saying it's right. Yeah. But it's kind of, it kind of explains. And it's not like, and people could say, well, she could have just disassociated herself with her family. But then you need to understand that people outside of her family were perpetrating this racism and treating her siblings as differently. And she, she, she didn't did feel a whole 180. Literally, like, she I wouldn't be the opposite. Exactly. She didn't feel that way. Like, she was going out checking books to understand the culture, mm -hmm, to teach mm -hmm. it to yeah. her siblings more. So she probably, yeah, I don't know. Um, then we get a montage of different drawings that Rachel has done. I think she's good, you she's, know? Oh, no, I think she's really, really I, good. I really like the art that she was doing. 100%. Like, if... No, nah, I'd buy it on the low. I'm not going to lie. I, I mean, I'd buy I it, buy but I'll, I would, I'd buy if it If she gave it to like, me, I would definitely have it in my house. So then we find out now a bit more about the family situation. Yeah, trigger warning, even, guys. Yeah, serious trigger warning. Um, It's seriously disturbing. So... And it's also, like... I can see it. Do yeah. you know what I mean? I believe it. I, I believe hundred percent. Just yeah. from the pictures alone, I believe it. So yeah, we find out that Rachel's testifying against her biological brother, mm -hmm. the white one. Just to put it out there, um, in a sexual assault case, um, because this, that Esther has filed this piece of shit was like molesting Esther when she was a kid from the age of five, and Esther was going and telling her quote unquote mom like yeah. this is going on, and the woman was like putting soap in her mouth and telling her to like to stop, stop lying. lying and wash your mouth and. Yeah. Do you know that the, there's a um a bit where we see like the document, right? So I paused it to mm. read it, and then the name is like redacted, 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 and it doesn't look long enough to say Esther mm. or Rachel. I think it's Ezra. I think that some stuff happened to Ezra, mm. but he's like denied it, 
or not really speaking on it. Maybe that's why. And he... that's why him, because you know, it seems like there's some kind of attachment there, but he also seems like he had a messed up childhood as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I was looking at the documents and it had all these like redacted, redacted, redacted. And it wasn't, the redactation was not long enough yeah. to be the other people's so name. Maybe it was only long enough came... to be Ezra. Yeah. So I feel like stuff happened to him as well. And then he came and then he But took... he just denied it. It denied wasn't trying it, to be yeah. part of it. Whereas Rachel and Esther were part of the lawsuit. Shit. And that's why this whole thing sort of came out about her being white because they were trying to discredit her yeah, for the yeah. lawsuit. Oh my God. I didn't even see that. Yeah. And it pro- he probably has serious Stockholm syndrome. He I mean, it might not be, but like, he, I think that something, something dodgy. Something dodgy on. probably happened to all of them. I yeah. think Isaiah too. Yeah, That's why I can't talk about it. Like, yeah. He probably still lives in that house, Ezra. Mate. Basically, Rachel is part of this lawsuit because she's coming and saying that, yeah, he did this shit to me as well. Like, guilty as fuck. Um, and yeah, it's just sad. It's really, and really sad. Obviously, the so basically the family hired a private investigator to dig up shit about Rachel. Um, but to, I find this a bit weird because it's like if you want to tear someone down and you already know that she's white, why did they need a private investigator to do that? That was enough. Did they not think that was enough ammo? Oh, yeah, they just come out as her parents. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just deep that down. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe they didn't know that it was that deep. They got so, too much money, man. Yeah, so they, they they probably thought like we need to find more. Um, but yeah, I literally said like I don't know how you could hate your child this much yeah. to this extent. I just said to myself, why did they adopt all these kids? Like, what was yeah, the, what but was I've got to hear that it's savior complex. Yeah, you can see it in the eyes of like, oh look at us, these white yeah. people taking care of all these black babies. I don't want to say the word they probably did say in their yeah, heads, but. Yeah. It's savior complex, and yeah, when you look at them, true. you look at these, these like from the outside looking in, you probably think, "Oh, these lovely white people." Like they even adopted like the black kids. So I just wrote like Ezra's jarring in this next line, but now that you yeah. said that, I feel a bit bad because he probably has Stockholm. No, he is definitely jarring. Because he basically still, said, "The facts remain. Two things can be true. Two things is true. <laughs> Our homeboy earlier told us two things can be true. Two like can be true. literally, because he basically comes out and says, "Well, Esther lies and Rachel lies. So put them two together, and what do you have? A lie." <laughs> it's like you know, quick maths if you didn't get the fuck <laughs> oh gosh so we hear from Blank Franklin again he's got his black shirt on and his jeans looking cool and he's playing the guitar which is again lovely to see that he has like that creative side to him and it's also lovely to see him in a relaxed environment when he can do so but then he we I think this is the beginning of a change in um, opinion of Rachel from her kids yeah. This is when there's a shift. I think this is when they start to think more about themselves and less about, her. less about her. I don't think that the opinion shifts. I think that initially it's like, oh, I feel so bad for my mom. I feel so bad for my mom. I think opinion shifts. But now yeah. it becomes, okay, how am I going to navigate this? Yeah. And as a result. And also it's like, what is she doing to help me navigate this? Oh, nothing. Yeah. So, yeah. So he's basically just saying that like everyone at school has at least one friend. And he's, because American schools can be like cruel. Like I feel like in the UK it's not as bad. Oh, I think kids are just evil everywhere. Mm. I think so, man. But like he's basically saying like everyone at school has at least one mate, but he's like a lone wolf because of all Rachel shit. And yeah, she and to be honest, like, if my kid wants to be friends with Rachel's kid, I'm not coming to Rachel no. to do up, hey, girl. And, like, she couple. won't stop, basically. Like, she just keeps going. So it's not even helping diffuse the situation yeah, at exactly. all. That's what we were saying before. Like, the only way to make Franklin's life better is for Rachel to say, do you know what? Cool. I'm white. I've had my time. I've stopped playing now. I'm white. But I'm I feel white. like even that, that within itself, like, she doesn't need to do that. I literally just feel like if after that shit happened, when she got found out, she resigned, whatever. If she had just stopped talking stopped tweeting stopped 
Facebooking, stopped Instagramming and literally found like a secretary job. Just done that and exactly. stayed at home. People would have moved on. Literally, yeah. it's because she keeps seeking out this story. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Loki. Literally, like she doesn't even, if she really feels that she's back, she can live in her blackness, but just do it in yeah. fucking silence, fam. Mm. Oh. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> We now learn a bit about Rachel's ex-husband and her baby daddy. Um, so he kind of looks like you watch. Do you watch Ninety Day Fiance? No, I only watch the Martin. What's it, Michael? Michael. He looks like <laughs> <laughs> Angie. They he got look, married, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He got. He looks like Michael, but taller. It's the same bold head, like very. African He's better looking than Michael. Yeah, yeah, slightly better looking. Yeah, but I mean, it's the same vibe. It's not easy. To, it's the same vibe. <laughs> to yeah. be better. Yeah. No, but I think Michael's looking a bit better now. Um. Anyways, married life. So basically, he's black. Okay. Um, so she... So, okay, remember in the beginning we were saying like her son is mixed race. So yeah. now I hope you can identify who the white parent is. Yeah. because Well, now we know the dad is black. So, so that means the other parent must be white. But who am okay. I? Okay, who, who am I, I to judge? Who am, who I, am, I, am I, I to judge? judge? What do yeah. I know? <laughs> <laughs> so basically, she implies that this guy likes her or liked her because she was white. Right. Um, and then when she started to, I didn't even know how to phrase this. I don't want to say when she acting started black. to blackify. Yeah. When she as, started, the, as the transition towards blackness began. <laughs> that's, that's it. Um, he started to kind of like, he wasn't liking it. Like she was wearing dashiki, going to Howard. And but, okay, but do you remember what I've said? Yeah. So like, if I'm going to date a white guy, yeah, I'm just going to date the white guy. Because that's just the guy that I want to date. Yeah. I don't need you to be doing Azonto in the rave and doing up with Dashiki. Yeah. Because if I wanted to be with Azonto Dashiki dancing guy, yeah. I would go and be with Kweku. That's true. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But then I would go and be with Kwame. You're not date, but then it's still problematic to date a white guy for his whiteness. No, exactly. But the thing is, when you date a black guy, you're not dating him for his blackness. You're just dating him as the guy, right? Yeah. So when, if I'm dating a white guy and like he's trying so hard. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. To I didn't do think up blackness. About it like that. I didn't think about that. Like, he's trying so, what I'm trying to say, he's trying so hard to do up like quote unquote yeah, blackness. Yeah. Then it's like, okay, cool, I'll just be with a black guy then. It's true. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's true. 100%. That's probably how he felt. Because like, it, okay, it comes across as you're doing a lot. Yeah. But that's what it is. That's exactly what it is. It's not to say that white people can't do Azonto if they yeah, want. Yeah, and it's a different thing if you met you doing Azonto babe in the in the rave yeah. and that's your vibe. That's just what you like. Yeah. Cool. But then for you to start doing Azonto babe when you're with him, it's a bit. It's, it's like, a hold bit, on. This ain't what I signed up for. It's true. I didn't think about that. Yeah. Because I I, I literally wrote that like that was a, like he made, she made it seem like he wanted a trophy white white woman. Like I, it may maybe that was the case we don't know and that's a very coonerific statement yeah definitely literally it's because a big would be mad at both of you <laughs> it's a big coonagation okay yeah um so Franklin goes off with her dad his dad basically and I kind of just was thinking to myself like why the hell like doesn't this boy just go live with his dad like what situation does he have that this boy can't live with him because it was true to escape all of this yeah right? I w- if it was me I it's would true. I would bring Even my over child over the summer you have go set your dad's house if you go to school by there you've got friends or like there, he or... can move to school just near, near yeah, his dad yeah. like there's no need for him no one's to gonna be miss in this it by his current school anyways <laughs> like <laughs> yeah it's true Okay, so suddenly Rachel's had her baby. Like, she went from, like, being six months pregnant to, like, having a baby, which is fine. I guess nothing really happened in the three months where... Or maybe she took Matt leave from the dock. Who knows? Matt leave for what? <laughs> what was she doing? Um, and she has her braids, her two sons, like, and the baby in the, in the room. beds, yeah, at this point. Literally. And, like, I kind of think she looks black in this scene, no? You don't agree? Next. She has brown braids. They, they kind of look good. 
So Rachel is explaining that um, in the state in which they live. <laughs> she calls herself Langston. We didn't say that. She calls herself Langston. Langston. She oh, calls Lang- herself oh, Langston. Yeah, like after Langston Hughes. Yeah, yeah. Um, she, yeah, Langston Atticus. Because she's before Langston remember, Atticus Dolezal. Remember before she was saying that like she wants an ethnic. Was she yeah, just an ethnic no, name? A historic, a black a historic. Yeah, a name but, of black historical significance. But not a name. But not a name where he can't get a job. That's what she said. And then Frank is like, "Oh, call him Devante." And I was like, uh, I like "Sir." <laughs> Like, and no, as young. he's eating his watermelon as soon as he <laughs> like Rachel's explaining like when you have a baby in Washington um, that state the baby has to conform to like the mother's race yeah regardless of what the doesn't father what the yeah is. doesn't matter what the dad is so, what the mom is the baby that's is. what you is so <laughs> Rachel is like struggling with her blackness she here. is crabs she's she does not know what to do Mr. Krabs honestly honestly um, so she's like she wants to she doesn't want to she says she doesn't want to whitewash her baby and she doesn't want to like run away from her blackness, um, <laughs> but she doesn't want to put the baby as white. But then, if you lie on a legal document, yeah. So if yeah, if you you can get charged for falsifying illegal literally, form. and it's a felony. So you within yourself, you know that putting on your black is a is a felony. The fact that and this is the, the this fact is that you're it. having this. This is the bottom line. The fact that you're having this problem. It shows you that you, you know, know what you are like. You know, we had sis. we went through one hour thirty minutes of you so denying. Just to be like, you know, you know, sis. sis. So anyway, she marks black and white on the, the thing. I don't know what that's meant to mean. Is it meant to mean she's biracial? Is it meant to mean the bit? What, like, what does this mean? She's both black and white, but she's not mixed race. Hi, woman. Um, so-, <laughs> so she picks black and white, right? Yeah. And then um, she says that she feels that that's the truth for her. So and what I does that mean? You know in Love and Hip Hop when they're like, you know, speak your truth, speak your truth. It's the truth. Yeah. There is the truth. There you're black you, or you're, you're not. White. It's not, oh, it to me I'm black. But, but to, then, like, it what is that? What, she says that's the truth for her, but like, as for you're her, saying that, like... To you. To you. <laughs> literally, but sis, are you saying you're mixed? Like, what are you... What is you do? She's saying, oh. I'm white to you, but black to me. To me. Therefore, black and white. Oh, I don't know how they put up with this shit. So this is a really, really key part for me because Rachel is now at this transparent event in Cincinnati. Oh, yeah. Uni. And she's here to speak about race. So she's on stage with this guy called Ronnie. We're going to get into Ronnie. So Ronnie says to the camera in a confessional. I was born black. I was born male. I'm still inhabiting this body. But from as early as I could remember, I didn't align with that and that's fine at that point because we're all thinking okay so maybe he feels like he's a woman cool so we're back on stage and ronnie says black and male is how i'm coded on right. the outside but on the inside i have felt more white and female believe it or not there's a sis in this group of like audience whatever and she literally looks up from what yeah, she's exactly. typing she's like she's very really loose yeah, yeah. she literally looked up and, and she looks, like she looks around like is, is anyone, anyone hearing this? Yeah, like, did anyone else hear this? But like, literally, they showed, they showed, like, a black guy, and he put his hand yeah, in. Yeah, he was like, Father girl. Everybody is like, the fuck is going on? I wish <laughs> I, never I could, it. Literally, I wish I could present to you, like, their faces. It just was crazy. And that was literally my reaction. It's literally just, he's like the black Rachel. Like, this is, like, the safe space that she's been wanting for these interviews. And it was safe. It was safe, I, It was yeah. safe, because she wasn't attached. This is what I mean by she's not likeable, because even when... Like people were talking to her and sharing their their very valuable opinions. and eloquent opinions. She wasn't having it. She was just kind of like rolling her eyes and just looking very disinterested. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like she wasn't listening to learn. She was just listening to respond. Literally, her useless responses. That's my. That's literally my whole point with Rachel. Like she like 
she doesn't care about the stuff she's being told that can help her improve on even the work she's trying to do yeah all she cares about is getting her point across mm-hmm. because she feels so validated and sure of where she's which yeah. is why like in the end the, the documentary like almost ends with like a question that the documentarian asks her and or says to her point that they make and we'll get into that so basically the second rachel starts talking hands go up and rachel's doing that whole thing again that she does where she's saying a lot but nothing of that like literally ronnie is the only rachel apologist that is in the room and it's not like they hate her it's a very safe space but they just need to literally they just need to g-check her so two black women in the audience are there to g-check and they basically just say to her like they have the right to call themselves black women because they've earned it yeah um they talk about like the struggle they've been through and what it's been like and it's like, like an been, she said you've been through like an initiation process. yeah literally rachel says oh what 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 what'd she say she said something like oh what is the initiation process yeah and then they, they start to explain all the stuff they she were- says uh discrimination in stores discrimination in school discrimination among black people and how they feel about one color versus another job discrimination racial profiling being pulled over by the police that is my experience. She reels off, off these, at everything. She even Lips, literally, literally. <laughs> even when the other one took the mic, she said, oh, and, and, another and another one. Hair <laughs> maker. And another thing. She dropped an album. Oh, but no, Rachel no. wasn't buying. She wasn't having it. She was like, well. That's what I'm saying. She's like rolling her eyes. Like, literally, she was like, I'm sorry. Like, she said, I'm sorry if. I can't stop being who I am to freedom. Um, and then. If you say, I'm sorry if. Don't apologize to me because you're not ready to be sorry. Literally. And then like one of the women basically says to her, like, and I must say that even as a black woman, I don't believe like your blackness, your only, I know how to explain it. I don't think that the only way you can be black is through struggle because I didn't like the fact that everything they said was struggle. So I just want to get that point out. But then basically the other woman says to her, says to her, like, you could achieve so much just being you and coming from a place of this is my journey. Mm -hmm. This is all that I went through. And this is why... I want to be an ally. Mm. Like, but you're not doing any of that shit because you're sat up here trying to fight a fight that like nobody's it's dumb. It's yeah. It's futile. But literally, she was like, you're and it makes me deep that like for Rachel, this is not about the betterment of black people. It's just about her, her literally. Because yeah. if you cared about her the black as, people, as, you'd be doing what person. you So Rachel's back with this wig and it's a mess as per usual. So you know, if you watch nothing else of this documentary, just please watch, just watch this scene. Just watch this scene. Just watch this scene. Um, but she, I must say, she's looking snatched. She's lost all the baby weight and she's talking to her agent now about her book. <laughs> Basically, all 30 major publishing houses have turned out. Oh, this is not book. the scene that I meant, sorry. What scene did you mean? Which is kind of hair. <laughs> That's at the end. Yeah, yeah, sorry. So basically, she's talking to her agent and all 30 major publishing houses have, have turned down this book. Surprise, surprise. Surprise. Yet, she is still pushing through As to freedom. <laughs> no, she's still pushing through. And it's not everybody that needs to push through. Like, sometimes just let it go. The rejector has nothing else. You were even saying, oh, like, what's she doing? How is she making money? And this is, like, hope. So to do the two things, one, to have the attention that she wants and to also be able to, like, explain herself and all mm. that. And then two, to potentially make money off it. Mm, I don't know. I, gu- I mean, I guess. I guess. Why else would she do it? She's just continue making hair. So Isaiah and Rachel um, go to view the Howard campus. And this bit, again, is another moment where it's quite sad. So, Isaiah's just like, I need to disassociate But then I don't myself. know why he went with her. I mean, that's his mum. You're looking at it like, oh, why would you go with Rachel Dolezal? That's your mum. When you went to uni, to go into uni, did you not go with your mum? 
I guess. But if my mum was in that situation, I'd be like, no, it's calm. I'll go with my sister, Esther. But also, she would... <laughs> What's Esther doing, fam? She don't help out with the kids. She can't babysit now. <laughs> so, Rachel and Isaiah go to this campus to... Oh, Howard. Howard, yeah. And it's a HBCU, just for some context. That Rachel went to, actually. Yeah. When she was white. But funny fact, fun fact. When she was white. Rachel sued them as a white woman for discrimination. So I think they didn't want to let her in or something. And she sued them for discrimination whilst she was white. And suddenly she's black now. It, Life comes at you quick. I am confusion. Our sis Rach is walking around. Your and sis. She's not my sister, actually, sorry. Girl, <laughs> our homegirl. No. She's your old is you. Rachel is walking around and people start asking like, oh, are you Rachel? And she's like, yeah, I am. Um, and then people start taking pictures of her. And it's like, again, it's like, okay, you want to be there for your son. I get it. But you could have taken out of that stupid wig that everyone knows you by. Okay. You all know the wig. It's like, I got black kids haircut kind of wig, but in Afro four, Afro four. Exactly. You could have taken that off. Um, you could have just had your natural hair out. I say natural hair. You could have just had your hair out this. Um, and you could have just worn glasses. You could have worn jeans and a top and just look like a normal person. But no, you had to go in your full Rachel, like... I think that's unfair because she is who she is. So to her, why am I coming in disguise? I think she should have just not gone. But I agree with not going. But but in the event that Rachel will go, as she always will. Like, it's like a celebrity. Like, celebrities go places all the time and people don't even know because they don't celebrity when they go. Do you know what I mean? But she will go somewhere and and people asking you, she could have said no. But come on, I would have said no. Yeah, and that'd be like, came lies. I would have been like, Rachel's trying to pretend that she's not Rachel. I don't know, but she could have just not Rachel'd man all all over his day. Like this, this guy's just trying to get a degree. So sadly, we see Esther and her blue wig. Um, and the case has been dropped, which is really unfortunate. It's really really sad. Yeah, it is. And like, she doesn't have as much venom, or not venom, but she's not. uh, There isn't as much disdain for. Rachel, as you see with the sons, but I guess mm. that's because she doesn't spend as much time with Rachel. Yeah, I guess not. Yeah. But you can see that she's affected. Like yeah. her case has been dropped because and no one is else. Literally, she's been like writing the DA. Nobody wants to pick up. Nobody will touch it. And it's weird because I knew that Rachel had like a bad name in the black community, but I didn't know it was this bad in the white community and also in the law enforcement community. Yeah, for them though, it must be personal because it's like you're one of us and you're making our lives yeah, but also like you're wasting our time with yeah. these false claims yeah claims that they already probably don't even care about exactly <laughs> exactly <laughs> now they're having to leave their donuts and go check out a mailbox <laughs> so then we see a, like different montages of like interviews regarding like her book that she's done <laughs> and then dr phil says in the book she compares herself to a slave and talks about how she fantasized that she was kidnapped and taken from africa I do think that... Is it crack? <laughs> is it crack that you smoke? <laughs> what? I do think that that these kind of shows want to sensationalise things. And so I, I always want to think... read this book because it sounds like a comedy. Maybe you'd be number 542. <laughs> <laughs> I do think that they will sensationalise things and that they, they will not discuss the context behind certain phrases like it's not, i don't think it's is beyond rachel to say something as mm-hmm, mad as that mm-hmm. but i do also think that like with the negative press that she had no do you know what remember back to when she was typing the book there was a beginning of escaping africa in my head <laughs> so she wrote it so it's kind of rounding up now and we're outside rachel's house and it's like spring or something and the on-screen text says 
her book only sold 596 copies. Like, sis, was it even worth it? <laughs> By the time the agent takes his cut, like, what are you getting? A $10 check? And then from there, like, you have to pay your taxes. 596 copies. Like, we need to work out how much it is. If you're selling it at $12.99 a pop, like, what are you earning? Not enough. Not enough to warrant, <laughs> like, all of this. It's really sad, though. It is. So I actually but thought she didn't capitalise. She should have written that book at the beginning of this obviously. Yeah, but then it takes a while. It's been book. like a year. Well, well, she fumbled the bag, didn't she? But that's probably why she kept kept trying to have this thing stay in stay the media. Relevant. Yeah. yeah, maybe. Actually. And again, that's still warped because you don't care about like actually yeah, getting on yeah, with your life. True. So I died at this next scene because it's a very waiting to exhale moment, and it's like, what is she exhaling? Because I had hope that this was the moment where she changed. So Rachel chops off all of her braids. <laughs> This what, this scene is like literally waiting to exhale. If you watch nothing else, watch this. <laughs> literally, like, and it's funny because there's a tweet floating around the timeline, and it was like, "Why do bitches always cut their hair whenever they go through a personal <laughs> crisis?" I've been that bitch. <laughs> literally, she cuts her hair, and I'm like, okay, maybe she's cutting it because she finally just wants to have like white. That's what I thought. Literally, I was like, okay, we're getting somewhere. Finally. Like, we've been through all, it's been an hour, 40 and we minutes. And we got there. And we I was like, it was worth it. But no. She takes out the braids, dyes she the hair. Like, she's just like, at this point, there's a Cynthia doll. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly Literally, what she but black. Like. Black hair. <laughs> she's not black. <laughs> so she takes out the braids, chops off the braids, dyes her hair black. Yeah. Then she gets black expressions, and this is when I was like, oh, shit. But we can't catch a break in this documentary. You see the dangling piece of the black expression and you're like, fuck me. She starts braiding the front of her hair. She does a whole lot. Put, hmm? She does a whole lot. A whole lot. Puts the, you you are in there. Did. did she do it she right? No, she basically, it's like, you've got a wig, yeah? Like, you know them like, um what they used to be called? Them part. like no, It was not a U part. It's like the one that before they, they invented the U part. No part? It was just like a wig. One of the ones that the auntie plops on her yeah, head, yeah. yeah. And so she she braided the like the perimeter of her hair. And then, braided, the and then braided another one. And then sewed on the wig cap onto the, the back one. And then undid the plaits of In her front. hair to sort of blend it a little bit. To it's do, that kind of wig. And then she laid her edges. The wig itself, it was all like the a wigs mop. Were Hager, man. I just, I can't believe you go through all that stress for that result. Yeah. Like, that was the most problematic thing of the documentary, like, if actually. you're gonna do up blackness, yeah. Can you, with well, something? Like, she would have been be- more believable as a black woman if she had, like, a laid, like, curly wig. No, it's, um then she would just look like a, a white woman. But do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, no, 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 trying, yeah like, I know She looks like, a, like forcing this blackness that black women aren't even. Who has that wig, like, in this day and age? But think about it, she's only been black for a few years. <laughs> it's true. So, so we maybe back where we were, exactly. So maybe next thing is she'll finally yeah, catch exactly. up to us. Yeah, exactly. Remember, she's maybe Brazil. about four yeah, in yeah. her black age. It's true, it's true. It's true. Actually, she's five. But, yeah, she's yeah. five in her black age, yeah. So she puts on this black wig, okay, the worst part of the whole scene. The worst wig of the documentary. Pop, pops her lips when you've got lip gloss on and then looks in the mirror and says something and like you're watching it you're like what the fuck is she always talking I, I, I didn't even hear that she said literally she's always talking point. so you don't know what she's saying but she left the house anyways um, and then she goes to the DMV and so like I'm so disappointed because I thought we were having an awakening at this point mm-hmm. but like she's then you realise she's still on some bullshit because she goes to the DMV which is like their car whatever like yeah yeah and then she goes to change her name She basically she goes yeah they see her ticket number, yeah? And then they, the ticket people call call her number. Cool. 
And then she gets to the counter. We don't really know what's going on at this point. We're kind of like, okay, cool. And then the guy and the woman's like, oh, can you just confirm? You know, this is you know the name that you want to go for. So at this point, you're kind of like, oh, she's changing her name. I'm, and I thought I'm she was thinking, doing it for like Isaiah's yeah. benefit. Yeah, I kids. thought she was doing it as in like so like my identity. You know, it's easy for me to try and get a job or whatever. Mm. And then um, she's like, oh yeah. So how, how are you? How are you pronouncing this name? Nikechi. I was like, first of all, <laughs> bitch, I am an Ibrahim from Edinburgh. It's just like, Nketchi. I was like, first of all, she's like, Nketchi Amari Diala. And then she's like, is that D A L A? She's like, two L's. I was like, sorry, this just became your name. She had Relax. all the aggression of like an angry white woman. At, she was like, like a Karen. Like, she was. The she white was... jumped out. <laughs> <laughs> it's two L's. Actually, like, where's your manager? I was. I was I screamed. I literally screamed. I, I was like, screamed. "You're f-. so." We thought that we were having an awakening, but she no, was you're deeper. delving deeper into. She really wants to be the African slave she was talking about. So, I screamed. When we go back, I now deep. So when I the second time I watched it, I realized in the mirror she said Nketchi. So I she looked herself with that black hair, and she's like, "I have now become." She had to pick the kinkiest hair, literally, to go with. The, First the of all, name. this is such as an Ibo woman, I'm so offended. Anyways, um again, it's this performative stuff, because why are you doing this for us? I mean, this it's, is even worse now because she's deep. I I say the name Inketi and then you come. I'm just like if right? you say Inketi, I don't actually I don't actually think that you're black. <laughs> so now I'm thinking, okay, so how did you get this name? <laughs> if you say Inketi three times in the mirror, <laughs> Rachel will come. <laughs> oh my gosh, now she's trying to hoodwink all the Job, job people. I was very done at this Employers. Point. And literally, I just feel like, again, like, if you're doing this for the benefit of your kids, like, other yourself from them. Like, doing it on public. Now we know you're in catchy. So it's like, what was this all for? So anyways, the documentary's pretty much come to an end. We just see... Thank God. We just see in catchy pushing, <laughs> pushing her son Langston in a pram through the neighbourhood. Black wig still firmly on her head. And that is it. That, you, that is... Let me just talk about you again. The Rachel, the Rachel divide. divide. That is that is Rachel divide. Um, yeah, the Inketchi divide. Inketchi. Yeah, that it, the documentary was so long. But the thing is, it was I enjoyed it because you learned a lot and it did give you perspective. Like, I still her. feel the way that I felt at the beginning, but it did give you perspective. Now you... Because before it was like, okay, I feel this way, but I don't even know why. But now it's like, oh, I can see why you're crazy. Yeah, yeah. Now I, I, feel, I can actually see the strain of crack. Yeah, right. now, yeah, now, yeah. <laughs> now I can justify why I feel this yeah. way. Yeah. But um, yeah, the next documentary we're going to do is The Pharmacist. Bow, now, bow, there bow. are four episodes, I think. So, so we're, we're going to split it in two. We're going to do the first two episodes in part one and the last two episodes in part two. And that will be um, after this comes out if you make it this far yeah if, if you're still you. here um you can catch us on instagram and twitter and facebook at two girls one doc doc mm-hmm. um i am on instagram and twitter at miss bd i am on instagram and twitter at forens underscore um for twitter and forens with two underscores for instagram we also have a facebook guys oh yes and yes, we'd yes. love for you guys to like create a group and start conversations about the documentaries and share other docs and just get to know each other in between the sheets of the doc okay um <laughs> guys make sure that you subscribe on um what's apple it called apple spotify. on spotify if you just follow us Please. And SoundCloud, if you. Oh yeah, use you can. Listen, I don't know. Can you do stuff on SoundCloud? What do you do on SoundCloud? Follow. Do you? Okay, yeah. Follow. But then after like us, it goes into like Roddy Rick. Um, what's that song? Purple. This is the trailer for the pharmacist. So enjoy. Enjoy. I'm Dan Schneider. 
and I'm a pharmacist. I can almost remember every piece of my life. I have hundreds of hours from wiretapping phone conversations about what happened to me. My son was murdered buying crack. The police have the attitude that these kids maybe got what they deserved. But I was determined to get the killer off the street. And if the police wasn't going to do it, I was going to do it. At first, my mission was to get justice for my son. But then I started noticing in the drugstore a lot of kids around my son's age coming in with high-powered opiate prescriptions for Oxycontin. Word on the street was it's just heroin and a pill. There was a certain doctor using her license to virtually decimate my community. I couldn't look the other way. There was a rumor that there was a pharmacist making a lot of noise, and that's not good for business. He had questions all the time. Why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you doing that? There were boxes and boxes of materials. All right, Dan, without being recorded again already. No. The DA and FBI was neither incompetent or in cahoots. I just knew that people were making money. If there ever was a smoking gun, that was it. I am being followed. We sound it crazy. I think they're waving a gun at me. Well, the God, and hopefully anybody else who hears this, because I'm losing it. But I saw this opiate epidemic in its infancy. I'm not going to let this drug continue to kill me.